Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Jim Kleiber Show. I noticed I did not lean into the microphone like I normally do. Um, today is Friday, September 18th, 2020. My hair is chaos, but it's kind of a nice fluffy chaos. <laughs> oh, goodness. For people who haven't seen me like this before, it's quite, quite a lot of hair. Look at this. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Um, today, I wanted to talk about a topic that comes up a lot in politics, or rather it doesn't come up, but people use it a lot. And that's absolute certainty, absolute words, absolute language. And it frustrates me a lot, <laughs> a lot. So, um, I'm sure this happens in many parts of the world, but uh, especially here in the United States, when people run for political office, they will often say, when I get into office, I will do A, I will do B, and I will do C. So for example, when I get into office, I will lower taxes, or I will tax the rich, or I will... Uh, put an end to this, uh, to the protesting, or not the protesting, but the street violence and the rioting and the, the looting, or I will um, resolve the relationship between the police, or I will fund uh, the schools better, or I will, et cetera, et cetera. Very hmm, certain language <laughs> that in the future they will do this thing not that they might do this thing not that they there's a possibility that they'll do this thing not that there's a 90 percent chance that they'll do something they will 100 certainly do this and when i hear that i somewhat roll my eyes <laughs> especially when it's a uh i mean especially in politics you know when somebody goes into the office as a senator or as a representative in the house of representatives i will do one like if you're a senator one one hundredth of what the senate is about <laughs> like you can't by yourself make that happen like even even if in the future you know for certain that's what you want to do even if even if say in a year or two when you get elected in and you get privy to new information and society, uh, certain things in society changes and certain things in society change and the uh, environment bends in different ways. Even if, even if, despite all the changes in society, you still believe that you will do that thing. You don't have the authority to do it by yourself. <laughs> Like, at least in the United States, even the president of the United States can't just single-handedly do things. And I will do this. What are you talking about? You may try, or even you could say, I will try. But the fact that you will do it, ah, you will you will cause a certain outcome to happen. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> and so I think a lot of times I just get really frustrated listening to some of these uh, political de debates and campaign ads and things like this and and what people say on Twitter and but I notice it's not just politicians it's a lot of us will use this very certain language if you notice I don't do that very often 
if I just said, a lot of us will use this very certain language and I don't do it very often. So I said a lot and often. Um, <clears throat> I put in a lot of qualifying statements to, to try to show that I don't know the full range of what's happening. And I also know that not every single person uh, sees the world in the same way. So what is uh, an example? I went to a political conference. Ooh, God, <laughs> what year is this now? It's 2020. It was in 2018. So it was almost two and a half years ago. In Actually, it was 2019. It was one year ago. And um, Howard Schultz, who is the former CEO of Starbucks, he was thinking about running for president and to run as an independent <clears throat> And he was up on stage and someone asked him a question. And he said, the American people want. And I'm like, huh? All of the American people? You know for certain what all of the American people want? Come on now. <laughs> like Statements like that make me just turn off. No, you did. Come on, stop being so presumptuous. Like presumptuous? Yeah, presumptuous. <clears throat> no. And so when, from my standpoint, when politicians say that i often tune out oh here they are trying to say that this is the the absolute most certain thing in the world and that's most politicians that's not even taking the the donald trump's into the consideration where he says it was the largest crowd that has ever been an inauguration and you look at the data and you're like no no it's not and always oh, i have done the most things for black people. Really? You've done the most things for black people? The most? As as president, you've done the most? I, I, I doubt that. Maybe if you said I'm in the top five, okay, maybe. That's debatable. But the most? Come on now. Um, and, you know, it's not just Trump, though. It's He has a strong tendency to exaggerate and exaggerate to say something that is the most, the best, the worst. It will happen. It never happened. It blah, blah, blah. And, but he's not the only one. There are other politicians, many other politicians who do this, where um, I never said that. I will never do something like that. I always blah, blah, blah. This is what the pe this is what the people want. Really? The people? All the people? <laughs> Again, same thing. Coming back into really questioning the certainty, questioning the absolute nature of the statements that people make. And it reminds me of I believe there's work done by a, a political science professor named Philip Tetlock. And again, I think he was a political science professor, I'm not sure. Um but he wrote a book talking about foxes and hedgehogs. And apparently this is kind of a metaphor that has been with humans for a long time, maybe even going back to the Greek or the Roman ages. But what he talked about, I believe, is that foxes are very good at many things and hedgehogs focus on one specific thing. And foxes, by being good at many things, have a tendency to qualify their statements. Well, I'm not sure if this is going to happen. Uh, you know, there's a 50% chance, 80% chance that this will happen and speak in much more um, uncertain terms. 
Whereas hedgehogs, again, if I'm getting the, the, the ordering correct, uh, the hedgehogs speak in much more certain terms. This will happen. That won't happen. Um, this is good. That is bad. Very cut and dry, black and white uh, communication. And what he says is that, again, what I think he says, I feel, I feel bad. You know, I should have done a little more homework on this, but sometimes it's fun to just see if we remember things correctly. But, um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, what I think he says is that hedgehogs have a tendency to be more correct in their predictions. They, uh, because they'd never, they don't say this is going to be 100% likely to happen or this is, this will happen. They say, ah, you know, there's a 70% chance that they tend to be more accurate in their predictions on the future. But the hedgehogs, because they're so confident in what they think the future will be, tend to be more likely to get elected or chosen as leaders. <laughs> and so just taking those two kind of uh, archetypes into consideration, if we look at what's happening in the U.S., especially what's happening in the U.S. surrounding COVID-19 and the, the effort to contain it and slow it down and, and resolve the, the pandemic in the U.S., if we look what's happening at the national level between uh, President Trump and people like Dr. Fauci or uh, Dr. Burks and other people that are in the, the uh, healthcare field, like National Institute of Health and, and things like this, I think we see this divide. We see somebody like a Dr. Fauci saying, listen, the evidence is not in yet. We need to be careful. Um, there is a good chance that we will have a vaccine by the beginning of next year, but there is no certainty. We need to follow the process and we'll get there. And then Trump saying, no, we will have a vaccine by October. I promise you. And Dr. Fauci coming on again and saying, no, we not sure we may it's highly unlikely meaning there's maybe a 10 percent chance that we'll have a vaccine before the end of the year and maybe we'll have a vaccine at the beginning of the year that's not certain either i mean we have to go through the process we have to follow these uh these different clinical trials and hope that everything works and it's just <laughs> and then trump Trump probably hears that and says, no, 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 we need to tell people that this is happening or it's not happening. We need to speak in absolute language. The virus is a hoax. It not, it's not possibly a hoax. It is a hoax. It will go away. It will disappear. The economy will rebound. The Democrats are trying, or the Democrats will destroy this country. And you're like, what? <laughs> Like, so much certainty. And maybe there is an element of when we are in such states of uncertainty ourselves, we look to someone that feels confident in what's going to happen. That we look to somebody that helps us feel stable and safe when we're swimming in such, such a swarm, such a muck of uh, uncertainty. But even then, I would argue that there's a difference between being absolutely certain on what will happen 
this will happen, that won't happen, and feeling confident that something will happen. Confidence still expresses an element of uncertainty, but it expresses a strength in the face of uncertainty. Whereas the absolutism just almost erases the uncertainty. This is how it is. Didn't Trump say it is what it is? You know, it's it erases the fact that things aren't so clear and things aren't so complex or complicated. He, uh, again, I, I don't mean to pick on Trump because I think many politicians do this. Um, like I mentioned Howard Schultz earlier, but I think even local politicians do this. If I get elected to the board, this will happen. We, <laughs> what did George Bush uh, Sr. say back in the day? Read my lips, no new taxes. That was a claim of certainty. This will not happen. And apparently from what I was reading, once Bush got in, he um, he was faced with a dilemma where, I can't remember why, but something about he had to raise taxes in order to keep the government afloat. And he was really, really against it because he had promised so certainly that he never would. And then I think at the end of the day, he did raise the taxes. And um, whatever I was reading said that it may have cost him the election or the re-election campaign. So, yeah, I mean, we can do this so often. It's not, again, it's not just in politics. It's in personal life. <laughs> this person does not care about me. This person is a bad person. Really, they are a bad person, 100% sure. They 100% don't care about you. Um, what else? What's another example? Um I, it's just, I see it so often in life, so often. And I don't think the best strategy is to call people out. So for example, if somebody says, you you don't care about me at all, responding to them, I 100% don't care about you, uh, hasn't worked. <laughs> Let me just give you some uh, perspective, at least for me, it hasn't worked very much. <laughs> uh, it typically frustrates them. Um but even in that, like, I don't know, maybe there's something about when we feel so much uncertainty, a lot of times we'll grasp onto the certainty and project a certain air of, of absolute knowledge of what's happening in the world. And for us as citizens or, or followers or friends, when we see when we experience so much uncertainty ourselves and don't know what to do with it, when we see someone else looking as if they got out of the uncertainty, I think it can be a, a temptation for us to reach and hold on to these people. But when I typically see people who are expressing so much certainty, again, certainty, not confidence, I, I don't really <laughs> grasp onto them. I hesitate. Because I don't know if, you know, the world is composed of that much certainty. Especially, I don't know if we humans can have that much absolute knowledge of the world. Uh, especially as individuals. But, um, 
And I say this because I don't know. Maybe maybe I haven't been in such deep levels of uncertainty lately, or I haven't recognized it when I've been in them, that I grasp for someone that's speaking with such absolute language. Um, maybe I do that. Maybe, you know, if I'm in a, uh, a chaotic situation and I have no idea which way is up or down, and someone says, this is the direction in which we are going, I say, oh, okay, good, good. I'm glad that they... But even then, that sounds more like confidence. You know, if they say, this solution will save us. And I go, mm, really? <laughs> you sure? <laughs> How are you so certain? <laughs> I think I'm naturally just skeptical of uh, such absolute certainty. But on the other hand, I think a lot of people are skeptical of the skeptical <laughs> ones. <laughs> the ones who say, listen, I don't know if this is going to happen. I feel confident, but I'm not sure it's going to happen. The person might say, do you really feel confident? You say you're not sure if it's going to happen. So that doesn't sound very confident to me. And that's where maybe some of the challenge lies, that when we speak from such place of qualification and um, trying to make sure that we're not expressing so much certainty other people may see it as being unconfident or filled with doubt overwhelmed with doubt so if i say listen i'm not sure if this is going to happen there's about a 10 percent chance this might happen today somebody might go wow you don't sound very confident i can be like no i feel very confident that there's about a 10 percent chance this will happen <laughs> And people go, no, no, that's not confident. <laughs> confident, I need to know what's going to happen. I need to know. You need to know. This ties into something that uh, I've played with a lot in my head and uh, told you know a few friends about. But I think we humans can naturally go into a state very often where we we don't know something and we want to know. So I don't know and I want to know. And I would call this a state of curiosity. I don't know something and I want to know something. I think that state of curiosity can blend very quickly into, I don't know, I want to know something, to I don't know and I need to know something. And I think when we go from the I want to know to I need to know, then we get into being very critical, very judgmental, of what's going on. So we jump from curiosity to criticism or criticality. And um, I don't know if criticality is the right word. <laughs> oh, English criticalness, criticality is, there's a lot of ways to, to bend language. Um, and then we go into that state of, I need to know. And we pull out our phone, we, we, we push people to give us a certain answer. I need to know what will happen once you get into office. I need to know what the name of that movie is. I need to know whether this person wants to marry me. I need to know whether the police are going to protect me. I need to know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And at least for myself, it can drive me crazy when I need to know something because it's impossible to, I think it's impossible to know 
with absolute certainty. <laughs> especially, especially over a certain time frame, because things change. And um, so as I try to grasp onto this, I need to know, often it's elusive. And I find myself chasing and chasing and trying to figure out, is, is this, is it true? Is it false? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it right? Is it wrong? Is it up? Is it down? Oh, goodness. It reminds me of something that I thought a friend said to me, but apparently I said to her. I says, just when you, just when you have it figured out, you don't. <laughs> I got it. Oh, wait, no, I don't. <laughs> And so this, this I need to know being so elusive that many times if I can remember when I'm in that state of I don't know and I want to know, I say to myself, I don't know and I don't need to know. And I switch over to this other side where it's more about connection. It's about letting go and just saying, listen, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what happened in the past. I don't know what's happening right now. I don't know how I feel. I don't know how they feel. I don't know if this is going to help me or hurt me or both. I don't know. And that's okay. Oh. Oh, man. <laughs> and so maybe there's something to this, you know? Maybe there's something to this element that in politics, people rarely say they don't know. Even us, as, as just citizens talking about politics, how often do we say to somebody else, listen, I don't know if it'll be better if Biden or Trump win. I don't know. I think one will be better, but I'm not sure. Oh, no, you have to have a 100% certain opinion on this. Because <laughs> if you say, I don't know, then other people say, why don't you know? How don't you know what's wrong with you? You should know. Come on. You need to know. This is an important issue, blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah. So this idea between, you know, we we are curious and we can be really critical if we jump this direction. But if we jump in the other direction, we can be really connected. If we jump towards needing to know, we can get really judgmental of others. It's about knowing. Curiosity is about asking or searching or looking. Um, uh, you know, criticality is critical is about being uh, judgmental and knowing. And then the uh, connected is about being and feeling, just just being in the moment. And uh, gosh, gosh, how I yearn for politicians to get up there and say this, for them to say, listen, I have plans, but plans can change. I'll be honest with you. These are the plans that I have, but I am not privy to the information that will come to me once I get into the office. Right now, I'm a private citizen. And if I were to become president, then I am uh, open, you know, there's, uh, then I receive a huge influx of confidential information. And I have a huge team around me that I didn't have before that also has lots of information and is working with lots of different people. There's, there will be, new knowledge that I learn that may affect my decisions. Ha! I wish somebody would say that. I wish somebody would say that my plans don't matter as much as my ability to make decisions and my ability to build a team and to um, organize 
people towards a common goal. Oh man, I yearn, yearn <laughs> for for a leader that will get up there and express some uncertainty and in a way this comfort in not knowing. And I just don't I just don't see it much. You know, it reminds me of a lesson I learned at this one organization called Starting Block. It was a leadership conference to help people um, start their new ideas. A lot of times it was for people who were leaving their company and, and wanted to start a company on their own or a new endeavor. And I remember being there and one of the speakers said that being a leader is about balancing hubris and humility. So hubris being uh, borderline arrogance, uh, overconfidence, uh, certainty on the world, and humility being kind of that doubt, that hesitation, the, the expression that I don't know and can't do everything. So recognizing our powerlessness and recognizing our power, this kind of yin and yang, this you know, dual nature aspect of things. Or, and the idea of having both of those so that when we have someone who is too, I forget which hand I used, <laughs> too full of hubris, then they are bombastic and they will say, this, this is what's going to happen. I guarantee you 100% positive. This will happen. This won't happen. This is how life is. And then the humility side is, well, I'm not sure. Um, you know, it depends on the situation. It depends. <laughs> That's probably one of the best answers. It depends. And it's about having both. And when I look at politics, I see too often that it's filled with the bombastic claims, the the certainty, and not enough with the the uncertainty or the humility. And it reminds me of a TED talk that I watched a couple of years ago. And I believe the woman was talking about Islam and how uh, one of, you know, it was about Islam and uh, the Prophet Muhammad. He was going up to the hill, I believe, and some other things. I don't remember the exact details. But what came out to me was she said, doubt is essential to faith. We cannot have faith if we don't have doubt. Because faith is not really about knowing. It's about believing. And to believe in something, we can't know it for sure. We have to believe. It's almost, it's almost, hmm, belief requires that uncertainty. Faith requires that doubt. Hubris requires humility. I don't know if it works for that one. But it's this idea that if we want to, do we want a leader who knows something or who believes something? Do we want a leader who is certain about something or who feels confident about something? Because for me, confidence, again, isn't about knowing. It's about feeling strong in the face of uncertainty. You know, somebody who is very confident is someone or someone who acts very confidently is one who goes out and does something not knowing what's going to happen, but feeling confident that they will be okay. They don't know. 
they don't know for they they there's so much uncertainty what might happen but the uncertainty almost feeds the confidence in a way you know because it's again it's it's kind of this whole idea of uh, and this may be the last one you know people talking about fearlessness oh we need to be fearless no no i believe we need to be courageous because fearlessness gets people killed courage is acting in the face of fear it recognizes that we have fear underneath it's not trying to squash the fear or make the fear disappear it's saying that we have this fear but we're we're stepping into the fear and i think that's what confidence is as well it's i have this doubt but i'm stepping into the doubt instead of trying to squash it and get rid of it with with absolute language and certainty about what will happen what won't happen whether things are this way or are that way, whether someone is on my team or against me, and all these neat little lines that we draw around society that kind of squash the, the messiness that is there in life. And I don't think we have to squash it. I think we can accept it and still step forward into it, feeling strong, feeling confident, feeling powerful in spite of all the things that might make us feel otherwise. So that may have been what of a little bit of a ramble here, but um, I know politics are going to ramp up in the US. When I say I know, I realize I just <laughs> did everything I, uh, everything I was talking about. But maybe the idea is, again, we're not perfect. And how do we get better? How do I get better as well at monitoring my language to realize when I am speaking with certainty instead of speaking with confidence and speaking with, um, uh, yeah, speaking with certainty instead of speaking with confidence. Because I do it a lot where I'll speak with certainty and then it often backfires on me and I'm just trying to learn as I think many of us could in getting better at speaking from our perspective instead of a certainty on how the world is. On that note, I hope you all enjoy your weekend. I am going to try to soak up the beginning stages of fall. And uh, yeah, take care.